Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 114-96 victory over the Brooklyn Nets in their rematch on Friday night. We'll talk about Brandon Goodwin replacing Rajon Rondo, DeAndre Hunter's big game, Cam Reddish's big fourth quarter, and John's jams that really closed this game out. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks were able to get the win in Brooklyn that they were hoping to get on Wednesday night, but they come back and beat the Nets in the second game of the little two-game mini-series and finish off a four games on the road and fought in their five first games really strong, finishing four and one. But the one fourteen to ninety six victory was kind of not in stark contrast to the first game that the Hawks played against the Nets. That one forty one to one forty five just offensive explosion on both sides. But I thought it really reflected the Hawks going back, making some changes, and being prepared and super hungry to win a game on Friday night. Some of this game was never in doubt, really. Um, The Hawks led from the first whistle. There were no lead changes, and the Hawks outscored the Nets in every period in this game. There weren't any 40-point quarters, um, but the Hawks started the game with a 29-point first quarter, outscoring the Brooklyn Nets 29-23. Trey Young had... 10 points and four assists in that first quarter and KD and Kyrie got off to their normal hot starts. KD had eight points and Kyrie had six points. He also had six rebounds, three of those rebounds being offensive. Kyrie has a real knack for following his own shot and just kind of hanging around in the backcourt when teams think rebounds are just going to be conceded to them and getting those balls. And that really kept the Nets within six points in that first period. In the second quarter, the Hawks really focused on getting the ball to Clint Capella. I think this game was Clint Capella's best game as an Atlanta Hawk. He's still getting back and still trying to figure his way as an Atlanta Hawk, and he had a nice little game. He played 30 minutes after playing around 20 minutes in his first two appearances. He was 6 of 10 from the field, 12 points, 11 rebounds. He had six assists. Um, It's just so still odd but also refreshing to have a big man who's such um, a wonderful player. Um, And Clint was the focus of that second period. The Hawks were really feeding him the ball. He had some massive dunks and really flex after them, and they were really focused on getting the ball down to Clint Capella. And he, he really paid that back. He had eight points in the quarter. Solomon Hill continued his shooting from three point land. He had two threes in the second period for six points. KD just continued the march of Kevin Durant. He had nine points, and Jeff Green chipped in with seven points. Um, One theme of this game was that the Hawks did a much better job on the supporting cast of the Brooklyn Nets. While doing a good job of defense on both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, certainly better than they did on Wednesday, the supporting cast of the Nets did not have anything close to the game that they had in that first matchup with the Hawks in the third quarter this was really the quarter that separated the two teams the Hawks scoring 28 points to the Brooklyn's 21 Um, DeAndre Hunter started a really wonderful second half he had nine points in the quarter and John Collins had seven points as well 
Finally, in the fourth quarter, um, the Hawks had a little trouble getting started in the fourth quarter and allowed had three empty possessions where and Brooklyn came in and took advantage and had, went on a little four or six point run. And Coach Lloyd Priers brought in Cam Reddish, who immediately came in and hit a three pointer. Just walked into a three pointer, hit that three, and that really staved off any sort of attempt from the Nets. And eventually. Despite nine points from Kevin Durant, again, that guy's a monster, in the quarter, uh, Steve Nash pulled all of his starters at the end of the fourth quarter with three minutes to go and sort of just waved the white flag and um, conceded the game. But Cam Reddish had eight points in the quarter and I thought was just really wonderful. I think it was really big for Cam because heading into that uh, fourth quarter, Cam had not had a particularly good game. He, he did not shoot the well ex- shoot the ball extremely well he was just um three of 11 from the field two of three from two of four from three point land for 12 points again eight of those coming in the fourth quarter he also had seven rebounds and one steal but to see cam be so engaged in a game that he's not shooting well was extremely refreshing and something that i like to see in, in such a young player i did like cam being aggressive again a lot. It seemed that the Hawks were really, uh, really focused on getting to the paint. And even when his shot wasn't falling, he was getting to the free throw line. He got there twice, hit four of four free throws. Um, I was, you know, ha- going to be talking about how Cam, you know, had such a great game. He scored 20 points in that first game against the Nets to come back and not play as well. You know, consistency, consistency would come for a young player. You know, that's what makes great players great. And, that consistency would be something we could see from Cam, but for him to have such a great fourth quarter and be the one that Coach Pierce looks to to kind of settle the team in that fourth quarter was huge. So just a really, really gratifying team win for the Hawks. They had six players in double figures. Um, Trey Young didn't have his best game, and they were able to get a win and win so well that, again, um, the Nets sort of gave up and pulled all their starters and allowed – um, Skylar Mays and Nathan Knight to get into this game late but uh, it was just after losing a game that they easily could have won on Wednesday night against such a good team in the Nets the Hawks weren't dejected they weren't down at all in fact they came out and they really put a stamp on and backed up their coach who said we know we can beat the Nets after that 141 to 145 loss on Wednesday um, just a huge game really really fun to watch for the Hawks and they get to follow that up now with a game back in Atlanta playing Cleveland on a back-to-back, which will will be a little bit different getting up for the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Brooklyn Nets. But let's get into some of the notable performances from the Hawks. DeAndre Hunter, I just think, had one of his best games as a Hawk, maybe his best game as a Hawk. He played 31 minutes. He spent most of the game guarding Kyrie Irving. That's right, our small forward was guarding perennial all-star Kyrie Irving and his length and, and um, activity on defense is great. And to see him do so well against a high caliber offensive player, such as, such as Kyrie, it's just, it should be so encouraging to see your second year player doing that. But DeAndre Hunter played 31 minutes, nine of 10 from the field, including three of four from three point land. Again, it seems anytime he splashes these threes in big moments, uh, DeAndre has a big smile on his face, you know, for a guy who doesn't show a lot of emotion or we didn't see a ton of emotion in his first year. It's so uh, awesome to see him have so much fun on the court. 
He ended the game with 23 points, six rebounds, one assist, and only two fouls. Only two fouls switching between Kyrie Irving and KD is just frankly amazing. And I do want to talk a little bit about um, one of the Nets' most dangerous weapons is a Kyrie KD uh, pick and roll, and the Hawks are able just to switch that, which is not normal. Cam, whether Cam is guarding KD um, or even John Collins guarding KD, DeAndre Hunter is able to switch on to KD with no problem. And Kyrie on John Collins is a mismatch, but if Cam Reddish is on KD, that switch isn't too too bad. And so just the, the defensive flexibility for the Hawks is really something to see right now. Trey Young, like I said, didn't have his best game. He played 32 minutes, was 7 of 21 from the field, 3 of 8 from three-point land. He came in, started the game. He hit two of his threes in that first quarter, including one from the logo. Logo Man made his appearance. He only got to the free throw line four times. In fact, the Hawks had a big change in free throws from game one with the Nets versus game two. Made all four of his free throws for 21 points, and he had seven assists. Um, John Collins... Played 25 minutes, was uh, 9 of 14 from the field, 2 of 5 from three-point land. I think he could even shoot a couple more threes. There are a few times when he is uh, matched up with uh, DeAndre Jordan on the Nets, and DeAndre just doesn't come out to the three-point line, and I would have liked to see John take some of those shots. But um, 2 of 5 from three-point line, had 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block, didn't get in foul trouble. Just a monster John Collins game. And he really had the two signature plays in this game. The first one was off an inbound play. He got the ball. Um, I think DeAndre Hunter set a little screen for him to get going. John goes straight to the basket. Just monster dunk. Uh, Jared Allen, give I'll give him credit, tries to make a block. And John Collins just does what the Baptist does. He baptized uh Jared Allen and it was a monster jam it really kind of energized the Hawks and was just like you'll see highlights of that for for days for months that'll be a highlight of this season it was just a massive really rim-rocking jam um as the game was kind of getting out of hand toward the end of the fourth quarter the Hawks had another out-of-bounds play where they got the ball back to Trey Trey dribbles in. This is right when the uh, Nets had switched in their second unit, or or cleared their bench, I should say. Didn't really know what was going on. Trey gets the basket, throws the ball off the backboard for an alley-oop to um, John Collins. And just those two jams, that's, that's a connection that's super strong. Trey and John seem to always know where they are on the court. John is so effective at getting to the basket and losing his man uh, while a big has to try to contend with Trey coming at him and uh, just two mass- massive dunks for John Collins. Brandon Goodwin came in. Rajon Rondo was not available to play, and so Brandon Goodwin was the backup point guard, and he only played 15 minutes, one of four from the field, his only shot being a three-point land. He only had those three points. He also had three rebounds and three assists. I thought his first stint was a little shaky. Um, I think Brandon is still figuring out when to be an aggressive shooter versus when to try to uh, emulate Rondo or Trey Young and be more of a passer facilitator. And that first stint, I really wasn't impressed with um, Rondo and kind of wanted the Hawks just to go to Bogdanovich and Herder as the backup. But 
as the game went on, Brandon got a little more um, settled in the game. And in fact, he had a really nice play where he could have, he pump faked, could have taken an open three, dribbled, found an open player on the three point line for one of his assists to get a three point line and to go from a good shot and really create a great shot for one of his teammates. I thought it was really good to see. And all of the Hawks and Coach Pierce were raving about how well they thought Brandon Goodwin did in his time on the court um, being in there for Rajon Rondo. Finally, I have to talk about Kevin Herter. He played 21 minutes. He was 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 5 from three-point land. He had two assists, four steals, and the team was plus 14 on the court. You know, Kevin, I think if Kevin is able to really um, – embrace this coming off the bench role that he has right now and if his unit with Boyan Bogdan, with Bogdan Bogdanovich if they can create some chemistry he's just such a good passer in fact he had one pass just to a wide open um I think it was Bogey or just another player on the three-point line that ended up in an air ball but I was just so amazed by his uh pass it really didn't matter that the player missed the shot he can be such a good initiator on that second unit um, he also is starting to pick up some defensive, his defensive pressure. He got a couple tap aways and, um, is just being the whole Hawks team is doing a good job of getting into pass lane, passing lanes. Um, and that was reflected in the eight steel, eight steals they had against the Nets, um, in the second game compared to only five in that first game to, to look at some of these team stats, um, the Hawks, Shot 46% from the field, 41% from three. Um, that Compare that to Brooklyn only shooting 40% from the field and under 20%. Uh, the Nets shot 20, 19% from three-point land. On Wednesday, Brooklyn was 19 of 41 from three-point land for 46%. And that difference right there may have just been the game. The Brooklyn was never able to string together any sort of uh, back-to-back possessions of really scoring. They had a few runs of 5-0 or 7-0, but they were never able to string together that big run that brought them back into the game. Um, rebounding, after that first quarter, I was kind of worried seeing Kyrie get uh, six rebounds himself and what could happen, and Kyrie finished the game with a double-double um, with points and rebounding. He was had 18 points and 11 rebounds. But the Hawks ended up winning the rebounding battle again. They uh, out-rebounded the Nets 48-45. to Both teams had 10 rebounds. The turnover battle, again, is an area that the Hawks dominated. They only had nine turnovers to um, 15 by the Nets, and that 15 was almost twice as many as the Nets had on Wednesday night. To get back to the free throws, the Hawks only shot 14 free throws on Friday compared to... 29 um in that first game well 30 29 makes in that first game against the nets they had 35 attempts um and the nets had 23 attempts in both games so the hawks were able to not get to the free throw line as effectively but still um really get a good win in brooklyn for the nets some big performance for them of course kevin durant's always going to be at the top of that list KD, they were going after this game. KD played 37 minutes. He was 10 of 21 from the field, had 28 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, but he did have 5 turnovers. And a couple of his turnovers were Kevin just dribbled off his foot. There was two of them. He just dribbled off his foot, and the Hawks were able to take advantage of that. 
Um, after having seven players in double digits in that first game, the Brooklyn Nets only had three in this game on Friday. Kyrie did his thing, as I said, 18 and 11, four assists. Here is where the Hawks really did their best job, this supporting cast for the Nets. Joe Harris was 8 of 11, 6 of 8 from 3 for 23 points in that first game against the Hawks. Last night, um, Joe was 5 of 10, 2 of 5 from 3-point land for 12 points, and the Hawks were clearly focused on not letting Joe get off as much as he did on Wednesday. In fact, there was a couple times that the Hawks left Kevin Durant, possibly the best scorer in the NBA, open to make sure that Joe didn't get an easy cut to the basket. Trey still had one play where he fell asleep and Joe was able to find an open spot on three-point land uh, beyond the arc, but the Hawks did a much better job overall of being focused on Joe and really limiting his ability. He still got seven rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. I don't know. Joe Harris kind of does everything. And then here is another thing that I really thought showed how well the Hawks had had focused in. Landry Shamet, Torian Prince, and Karis LaVerse had scored 36 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds in Game 1. In Game 2, those three combined for 13 points, 2 assists, and 6 rebounds. The shooting was not the same for the Nets, but the Hawks did such a, be- did such a better job on these supporting cast guys for the um, Nets that it really never allowed the two stars, um, KD and Kyrie, to just to just kind of cruise and then close the game when it came to closing time. Very encouraging to see. I think this second unit for the Hawks is going to be a big advantage. And on nights that the Hawks are able to limit any supporting cast, they're going to get wins because their second unit is just so much better. Um, and again, to beat a team like the Brooklyn Nets when your star, Trey, doesn't have his best game, and you're able to get some contributions from your second-year players, players that the Hawks moved up to get in DeAndre Hunter, players that the Hawks have put a lot of time in in Cam Reddish, just a very satisfying win. And again, a win they got after having sort of a disappointing loss, as much as disappointing to be in Brooklyn and lose to this team would be on Wednesday. Now going forward, the Hawks now have four of their next five games at home. And these games aren't against nearly uh, any teams that are the same quality as the Nets. So I'll be really interested to see how the Hawks start this off, especially with a back-to-back, finishing this back-to-back with the Cleveland Cavaliers in Atlanta. Cleveland's already been in Atlanta. The Hawks had to travel back home. And if there's any letdown after a big win, or if the Hawks just sort of take this momentum and continue continue to run with it. Um, one thing, I think, again, the depth of the Hawks will kind of prevent that. I didn't even talk about Bogdan Bogdanovich a ton. Um, but there's going to be nights where it's going to be, it's just next man up for the Hawks. So um, how these next five games go, I think will be very interesting to see after the Hawks did so well going four and one in their first five games of the series. So the Hawks are back at it tonight at State Farm Arena playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I will be back to talk to you about that game tomorrow. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!